Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 7, issue 324. This time we're talking about Resident Evil, the 2002 version, and the later versions of that version. You'll, you'll get the idea. You can play along with the show. Our next few podcasts include Shovel Knight, Hyperlite, Hyperlite Drifter, if I can say it, Mario Kart Super Circuit, the GBA installment. Following that is Braid, because Braid's been around for 10 years now. And then we go back to Secret of Mana or Seiken Densets 2. Canerince.com has the full schedule all the way up to the end of the year, as well as articles, links to our social spaces, the occasional review, links to our merchandise store if you can, if you want a t-shirt or a bag to support us. But if you want to support us just month on month, you can head over to patreon.com slash And for a mere dollar, around 75p, you can get every new show a week early as well as an exclusive monthly cast and it just uh, supports the show, helps us keep on doing what we're doing. If you don't want to commit to a monthly amount, we have a PayPal link as well on the homepage. You'll also find information and links to our other podcast, Sound of Play, which is out every Wednesday, Patreon or not, and features music and chat about video games. Mainly the music, that's the focus, hence the name. Anyway, subscribe, review, rate both of our podcasts on wherever you get them, Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you like. And do remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. There's still loads of you who aren't uh, linked up to us on the wider web and uh, it'd be cool if you did. Anyway, joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 324 are Carl Moon. Hey, guys. Mikhail Crowder. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> now I'm trying to work out is that a crow or Lisa Trevor or <laughs> no it's a it's a crimson head it's a crimson mm, head yeah. okay that's okay. that's that's horrifying sound when they jump up if, if you walk past them okay uh, right. need more was work it? on your crimson heads I think yeah sorry Mikhail it's <laughs> you know yeah it needs polish yeah. anyway uh, <laughs> it's a tough crowd I know Sean O'Brien as hello, well hello hello Hi, hi. So, Resident Evil, Biohazard, as it is in its native Japan. The 2002 version. In an interview with Now Gamer, May 2010, uh, there was a quote from Shinji Mikami. Uh, It says, Shinji Mikami is a very likable guy who is not afraid to speak his mind. For a start, he says, the Resident Evil title is a stupid one. The Western title for his made-in-Japan horror epic is, he reckons, completely nonsensical. Capcom America proposed the anglicised term. Mikami had no say in its selection. Biohazard, the series' original Japanese title, is the only term he will use as he discusses the games. And that's fair enough. After all, he is the creator. So I'm not saying that we have to call it Biohazard, but uh, that's a nod to what, what it really is called. Uh, anyway, a spoiler warning, which seems pretty much redundant, uh, as we've already covered the 1996 game. But there are uh, there is one extra subplot which we will definitely talk about. Um, so yes, if you really don't know or don't want to know what happens in the original Resident Evil or its remake, uh, go and play the game. It's available on lots of things these days. So Capcom developed it and published it with Shinji Mikami directing this remake. Uh, The development began in 2001, originally with a team of just four programmers. Uh, It was part of the exclusivity agreement between Capcom and Nintendo to bring previous and new Resident Evil games to the GameCube. Obviously, we're still yet to cover uh, Resident Evil Zero. 
Uh, unlike Resi 2, 3 and Code Veronica, which were simply ported straight, Mikami decided to produce a remake of the original game because he felt its graphics had not aged well, making it hard for new players to appreciate. Uh, progr- programmer Yasuhiro Anpo also cited the original game's poor localization as another reason for the remake. Mikami felt the GameCube would allow him to bring the game closer to the original vision he had for the series. As Capcom's marketing director Todd Thorson said, the main goal was to achieve motion picture quality visuals and create even more suspense and fear than the original. Originally, the developers planned to only upgrade the graphics and tweak the gameplay. However, as the game approached completion, Capcom started making more substantial changes. In fact, the developers originally planned to make all enemies invisible. But the idea was discarded because it was rubbish. No, because it would have made the remake very different from the original game. I think Mikami actually pushed for that to be included in Killer7 later on. Right. (laughs) Invisible enemies. Yeah, yeah, true. Good point. Um, I mean, they definitely, invisible enemies definitely have their place, but uh, I I can't, I I don't think it, for me, the idea of, the original Resident Evil with all invisible yes. enemies sounds nuts. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you miss out on the the, the icky factor and the yeah exactly the scare yeah. factor as well. Yeah, very weird, and it wouldn't make a lot of sense with the story either. Anyway, uh, that was abandoned. The game was developed over the course of a very short time, really, even for a remake of this uh, sort of complexity, one year and two months. Final development was very intense as programmers had to work for two straight months with no days off to meet the deadline. Yeah, imagine the crunch crunch there. Yeah, sounds horrendous. Uh, The game reviewed very, very well, really, uh, for uh, a game. It's it's interesting, this, because the game Resident Evil was six years old at this point. Um, So we're now 16 years on from this remake, but still somehow, I don't know, it feels to me like this is way more recent than 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 it is close to the original if you see what i mean anyway that's by the by uh, the game reviewed almost 90 percent from uh, almost uh, no from 70 outlets releasing in japan in march 2002 april in america the traditional six month wait for the pal region september 2002 but we did get 60 hertz so we effectively were pl- uh, playing the same product Fieldy from the Kana Rinse Forum says, initially picking this up on US import with the promise of Daytel's freeloader on the horizon, I was disappointed when the region disabling disc was delayed, meaning I had to wait for the European release. But it was certainly worth it. After picking up my copy and completing it in a single weekend, I immediately went back for more. The game was re-released almost untouched on the Wii. Uh, there are a couple of little tweaks, but this was under the Resident Evil Archives banner in uh, December 2008 in Japan and June 2009 the rest of the world didn't review as well 73 odd percent but I think that's uh, as much as anything to do with it being a straight port uh, it features a, a tweak control system that means you can use the Wii remote but you could just play it as the original with the GameCube controller uh, originally they weren't even going to release this outside of Japan um, but Resident Evil 5 did well in North America and Europe so they brought this out as well uh some publications criticized the outdated controls this was we were starting to hit the point where tank controls were starting to become a thorn in the side for some especially post resident evil 4 and 5 the lack of new features and there's no widescreen support whatsoever it's uh, it's just in the original 4 3 aspect ratio more of which 
uh, when we talk about the HD remaster, which came to PS3, PS4, 360, Xbox One and PC in November 2014 in Japan and January 2015 everywhere else, 84% reviews-wise. Uh, so this does include 16.9 widescreen support after a fashion, uh, 5.1 audio, surround sound, improved character models, textures and lighting. Uh, there's the option to play with the original tank controls or new 2D controls. We'll talk about our preferences in a bit. Uh, the PS3 and 360 versions run in 720p. The PS4 and Xbox One versions are 1080p, uh, but they are all at, uh, 30 frames a second uh, you can also play with some extra character models chris and jill from resident evil 5 are there um, the original pre-rendered backgrounds had that four three aspect ratio you know the old almost square screen the developers decided against re-rendering them in 16.9 because uh, it would allow players to see more of the environment than intended reducing the sense of immersion and danger i think also we can say it would have been a heck of a lot of work oh yeah um <laughs> they would have As to result, re redraw, uh, yeah, re-render the whole game, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, as a result, the developers added vertical scrolling to the backgrounds, which responded to the movement of the character to fit the remaster's widescreen aspect ratio. From the forum, KSubZero1000 says, Thinking of how many players inadvertently missed out on this game's true beauty due to Capcom's ignominious frame cropping in the HD remastered version upsets me. <laughs> and I, I do recommend uh, listeners to actually check out the forum post on the Kenny Rins forums uh, in the thread on Resident Evil Remake uh, because uh, Case of Zero adds a lot of uh, illustration material in there and it's quite an interesting yeah. and very discriminate uh, look on uh, how uh, Capcom handled the uh, aspect ratio issue. Yeah. So I actually wanted us to talk about this version generally now in terms of how we feel about it as a version because if you go on some places on the internet because it's the internet there was there's a lot of you know typical lazy dirty poor cash grab accusations from some whereas there is also articles suggesting that capcom did a heck of a lot of work on this my feeling is that it's somewhere between the two like obviously they could have they could have added you know they could have redrawn all the backgrounds so that they fitted in widescreen they could have they could have had the game running at 60 frames a second without too much effort probably on ps4 and xbox one but might it have changed the gameplay you can you can play it on pc in 60 frames a second or more probably and higher resolutions so i don't know how, i mean this is the version i played most recently and i'm i think it's more than perfunctory without being spectacular how, how do you guys feel okay so I originally played through on the GameCube, um, yeah. and then I went back and I picked up the Xbox One version uh, day of release, but I played it through fully last year. Um, yeah. They are noticeably different if you know them inside and out, but I genuinely prefer the HD remaster one. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of the vertical scrolling gave a level of atmosphere that I actually preferred to seeing the whole screen, uh, as well as obviously filling the screen in a literal sense from being widescreen on a widescreen telly. Um, I just, I personally had more enjoyment playing the new, the newer version uh, for uh, Xbox One and PS4. Um, although I really don't like the new controls. <laughs> yeah. And as a, a, for me, like as someone who um, does not have like a total inside out uh, knowledge of the original, of the, well, okay, of the original remake. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know any of that going into the uh, remastered version or the remastered PS4 
Xbox One version. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, I didn't know any of that was missing, so it didn't really affect my enjoyment of it whatsoever. So, coming at it from that angle, it's not even remotely a problem. Yeah. Yes, for me, I'm a I'm an old purist, so I mm. went back to the GameCube version on uh, on a nice uh, CRT television. I feel like I'm repeating this every <laughs> issue that we're talking about now, okay. about That's an older game. Um, but I have to side with the case of Zero actually. Uh, from the videos that I've watched on the HD remaster, I think it's kind of cheap the panning effect, especially if you're very yeah. familiar with the original sort of this panning over the. Uh, still uh, backgrounds, mostly still backgrounds. And um, like Case of Zero also explains, um, it kind of kills some of the cinematic direction and the composition, and the, composition yeah. and the framing of a lot of shots of the original game. Um, fortunately. Then, yeah, but fortunately, you can, it's an can play it. Yeah. It's an option, yeah. You can play it on 4.3, though most people who play on widescreen sets would probably prefer to fill the screen the default, um, yeah. but you know let's be realistic here <laughs> um, I mean would yeah the, the amount of work it would have uh, would have taken to for uh, what is essentially a, an HD re-release of uh, this game would at a budget price as well, at a budget yeah. price would uh, go nearer the work that they did on uh, remaking this game in 2000, uh, 2002. Yeah. Um, and I, th I think you, you can't really expect that uh, for, for any kind of re-release. And the fact that you can play it the way you want it uh, to, wanted it to doesn't, you know, it uh, doesn't make it uh, like an abhorrent version to play or to own, or in my eyes yeah. at least. No, absolutely. And obviously, I think, uh, as with all, all these things, the truth lies somewhere in between in the sense that while the fans, well, the fans, some of the fans, some of the negative naysayer types on the internet were, yeah, making accusations of Capcom, you know, as they do, especially, you know, Capcom post kind of the mid 2000s uh, seem to get a lot of, you know, get kicked around a lot for for the, the way they've operated in the last 10 years or so. Um and of course, when one looks at interviews at the time where they're promoting the game, obviously they're not going to say, yeah, it's a quick and lazy cash grab. Buy it again. For We've, <laughs> we've not done anything. But it's interesting. Uh, there's an interview with uh, Alessandro Filari on Destructoid uh, just before the game came out in Japan, the HD remaster in 2014. Um Producer Yoshiaki Hirabayashi described at length the challenges the team had to tackle in order to maintain the original style during the transition into HD. The biggest challenge for us in raising the resolution was the backgrounds themselves and the effects in them. Originally, these had been created from still images, so there was a lot of work done by hand to the assets we had in order to raise the quality bar. If the original data had been large enough, this would have been a relatively easy process, but the assets we're working with were created for a game over a decade ago, so we didn't have a lot of high resolution source material to work from. We had to find a way to take what we had on hand and work hard to make resolution and other adjustments bit by bit. As far as effects are concerned, these were all redone from scratch. Even then, we had the original designer on hand to personally look over all of these and ensure that they were in line with his vision. We used multiple techniques depending on the needs of a particular scene. Our goal was to preserve the feeling and atmosphere of a given scene while raising the resolution. Each scene, each cut was judged on its own merits as we determined the best way to handle them, one at a time. That was a tough process. There is definitely a sort of flavour of sensibility in the backgrounds created as 2D pieces that can be very hard to replicate in polygons. Yeah, uh, one of the other 
options that they gave as the new control scheme, uh, allowing players to move their character in the direction of the analog stick. Uh, so this, I guess, was a concession to people who didn't go all the way back to the 90s with fixed <laughs> yeah. camera angles. But I, I had a go with this, but it just messed with my brain because yeah. I'm used to playing the old games now. Maybe if you've never played a game with these sort of fixed cameras before, it might seem more natural. I, I can't tell you. Yeah, Did it's, anyone it's really hard. persevere? It's hard to tell because... We're also used to tank controls yeah. from back in the day. But, I mean, I, I, my gut instinct is to say that it's not really the best control scheme. Like, it just... Because you're going in one direction and the camera shifts and then, like... Yeah. So you have to you have to immediately kind of let go of the stick for a second and switch to the other way. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's not... There's nothing really natural about it. Yeah, instead of running and dashing from room to room, uh, like we discussed before in a, yeah. about the first game, that, that you can pretty much not do that with this control scheme right yeah 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 it's yeah. it's strange and one thing i've noticed is i've already said that i didn't like the new new controls i played it with the uh, no quote-unquote tank controls mm-hmm. um but playing resident evil zero mm. which also gives the same options i've yeah. actually managed to click with the newer style controls oh, okay. but it's that trick in your mind that you get past of um, yeah. As Sean said, when you go into a new screen, you instinctively try and let go and then reconfirm. And sometimes you do it too quick and walk back on yourself. Yeah. The actual yeah. key is if you're walking down towards the screen and you hold down, when it goes to the new screen, you continue holding right. down without yeah. releasing. Yeah. And it's like momentum-based that you will continue in that direction. Mm. But that's really weird, whereas obviously with the tank controls, you know that when you're controlling in that direction, holding forward, that's ultimately making your character go forward in the mm-hmm. direction that they're facing. Yeah. So whilst I've clicked with it in Resident Evil Zero after a while, with Resident Evil, I just could not click with mm. it at all. So I had to play with the tank controls. Which Maybe if you went back to it there. now, it, it might click. But yeah. is there any is there any major advantage if you if you're cool with tank controls? But anyway, no. it's there. It's there for those who who like it, and uh, it also sounds like according to Hirobayashi uh, it wasn't just a, you know with in terms of gameplay and character control they didn't just you know it wasn't just a case of bringing every bit of code and, and leaving it exactly as it was he says we spent a great deal of time fine-tuning everything from the character's movement speeds to the button layout in order to replicate it as closely as we could uh, as closely as we could the tempo and difficulty of the original control scheme i think the people who have played the original iteration of this title will much prefer the original controls as that how that is how the game was initially designed that said we know that there is also a portion of the audience who will be experiencing the game for the first time for those uninitiated in this series who may be more accustomed to modern 3D games, I imagine they might have a hard time wrapping their heads around the original scheme. By implementing both, we are able to bring new players in without making sweeping changes to the overall difficulty. Uh, an interjection here from the forum regarding the uh, the anticipation of the game. Sage and Onion Knight says, as a fairly big fan of horror games, especially many of the classic survival horror ilk, it's kind of surprising how long it actually took me to play the first Resident Evil. Before I played the PS4 port this year, I wasn't sure what my opinion would be. For all I'd heard about the creepy atmosphere of the mansion, there were lots that I'd heard that I would assumed would undercut this. For example, the famous campness of the tone, or campiness, uh, the gaminess of the puzzle-filled mansion with its absurd system of keys and locks, the fact that the grounds facilitate the habitat of murderous, bloodthirsty sharks. 
not with legs. After taking <laughs> a bit of time to get used to it, though, I'm a film student with a hyper-awareness of how disorientating the camera angles are and the ink ribbon system just doesn't suit adult life. I came to appreciate how well Resident Evil creates and maintains a very specific tone. Through its creepily homely atmosphere, the setting of the Spencer Mansion allowed me to suspend my disbelief enough to be convinced that it followed in the ridiculous yet eerie gothic eccentricity of the real-life Winchester Mystery House, rather than simply being, as I'd thought it might be, more just a vehicle for puzzling than a believable environment. Opening up more of the mansion is incredibly satisfying at times, feeling like a completing, uh, completing a jigsaw puzzle, albeit one that tries to gore you in the face at regular intervals. This consistently low-level hum of creepiness and dread throughout the game reminded me a lot of how the really good old zombie films managed to transcend their low-budget ropiness in illustrating the character's fear and isolation in the face of the often knowingly absurd situation of a zombie uprising. I wonder how I would feel if I had played the original PS1 version. Given the tank controls, I can't guarantee that I would be intact psychologically, but I'm glad the podcast and the game's compellingly low price convinced me to give the HD remaster a try. I'm surprised it's essentially a touched-up version of a 16-year-old GameCube game because it looks pretty stunning by today's standards and it's been fun to compare it with Resi 7, which I also played fairly recently. Another element to mention is that this was the first time the game came to PC legitimately, which of course has opened up the market for mods. Um, I had a little look at some YouTube videos. I haven't played the PC version whether you want to play a really silly version of this with character models from other games or, uh, you know, probably like, I don't know, Naked Jill or whatever, uh, the the options are probably out there for you. But I noticed one or two of the mods do things like uh, add kind of even more contemporary looking special effects and extra sound effects. Uh, some of them bring in the some of the old music tracks from the original 96 Resident Evil. Um, so I'm sure there's a whole wealth of, of stuff to experience there. Is there also um, a mod that puts clothes on the naked zombies? Good question. <laughs> and lab coats, lab coat mod. Yeah, uh, they should do it. Uh, so the game on GameCube sold 1.35 million which is probably all right for a GameCube game that was a remake, but seems quite low for given how much people loved this game, how much people raved about it, maybe. That was before the Wii version came out. Um, the 2014-15 HD remaster was a commercial success. It became the PlayStation Network's biggest launch game and Capcom's fastest-selling digital game across North America and Europe, uh, with Capcom announcing that the remaster exceeded sales of 1 million copies by April 2015. As of March 2017, the remaster had sold 1.9 million copies across all platforms worldwide. So now the HD remaster is in the hands of considerably more people than the original GameCube version ever was. Uh, back in 2002, GameSpot awarded it Best Story, Best Graphics, Technical and Best Action Adventure on the GameCube. Users still like this game on IMDb. It's got a 9.2, 8.6 out of 10 on Nintendo Life and 4.2 out of 5 on Moby <coughs> Games. People still like this game. Sean, did you play this back in 2002? One, two, two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I did. I don't... So this is that time period where my memory is a little ropey. Um, but I do yeah. remember playing what it. What are you doing? <laughs> love the, love the never gonna let, I'm never, Yeah, I'm never going to tell. I'm never going to tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do remember Trying to figure playing out a washing it machine. And, there um, it is. I do remember the uh, 
Crimson Heads when they popped up. That's kind of around where I stopped because I it scared me too much, honestly. <laughs> um, so I, I never did actually yeah. finish it back in the day. So it wasn't until yeah. recently when it came out on these consoles that I um, I finished it on uh, PS4 and I think a little bit. Yeah, I finished it a couple times on PS4 and, and dove, dove in a little bit on um, Xbox. So not too much of a nice. history there. But. That's that's cool. Uh, right, Mikhail. Uh, yep, got it when it came out on the GameCube. I also remember uh, just pre-release the coverage in, uh, in magazines and on the internet, oh, uh, yeah. all, the, all the in development screenshots and everything. And just, I was just so blown away with how detailed uh, this this game looked in screenshots already. Like you could see the flesh wounds on the on the zombies' faces and uh, every little gory detail and and the environments. But yeah. Maybe more so than the environments, it was the character models that really impressed me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, pre-release, that is. Uh, and I remember talking to people like, man, man, this game is going to be so scary. I mean, it almost looks too, it looks too real. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, when and, and when it came out, uh, I got it immediately. Um uh, a friend of mine also got it for his GameCube, and we I remember playing through it with a lot of people at all times. Uh, maybe that uh, sort of uh, diluted the sense of dread of the game a little bit, but nevertheless, there were some really scary moments, even with a bunch of people in the room passing the controller around, yeah. and, and, and people sort of, you know being uh infected by, uh, by by the sense of fear and dread in the game and yeah. and some real shouty moments so yeah. yeah it was uh it was really intense and uh yeah i remember one of my f- the, the friend who also bought it uh, that he couldn't make it very far in the game it was too challenging for him he wasn't much of a quote-unquote gamer mm-hmm. uh, but he was just really impressed by the way the the game looks uh, he, he never made it <laughs> very far into it by himself yeah, it's, uh, it's it's again. We we've talked about this recently as regards to I think JRPGs in particular. But there are certain things about playing any genre of game, particularly one that has lots of weird quirks and things that th- this isn't a game that you can just give to somebody who doesn't game a lot and say off you go because there's so many weird aspects to it, so many things about gaming that you need to kind of be pre warned, pre pre armed with in terms of how it all hangs together and functions, um, which you know maybe. It's a game that's that's actively hostile to the player in some, that some too. sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Well, we'll get into the systems and, and stuff, of course. Carl, did you get this on the GameCube back in the day? Yes, um, much like Mikel, I remember all the magazines. So much praise for this game, and uh, from like pre-plays and and early uh, demos and all the screenshots. And I remember being both stunned and tentative. So. Like visually, the areas obviously resembled what we'd seen, but looked slightly different. And as, as someone who's a bit of a purist about stuff like that, I, I do get concerned that maybe tonally things will change, or it won't quite feel the same, or the magic will be gone because you know Resident Evil was a game that I absolutely loved. But I went and I bought it, I pre-ordered it, got it day one, um, which I think it's pretty much the only. GameCube game I ever did that with outside of launch day, uh, which gives you an idea of how highly I thought of Resident Evil as the as a genre and the fact that I adored the first one. Um, you know, uh, picked it up and played it, and 
I guess like Sean couldn't really remember too much of it, which was kind of weird because um, playing huge chunks of it again last year on the Xbox One, it was probably about two thirds of the way through the game I got before I got really vivid memories of playing exactly those moments, which is when it dawned on me that yes, indeed, I did actually complete it on the GameCube. Um, but for some reason, a big chunk right out of the middle of it had just sort of vanished for me, which was, you know, it was good. I, I'll be honest, Resident, this, this Resident Evil never actually scared me. I found this one of the least terrifying of the sort of the horror games. Um, certainly less scary than I found Resident Evil, but then again, I was, you know, six years older, um, which could could have made a difference. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was kind of, it was yeah, it was just kind of strange that... Um, Obviously, it sets the tone early on with a, a major change with the first jump scare from the first game, um, which kind of came as a surprise, but not that much of a surprise because I was kind of expecting the, the the first time. And when it lands the second time, um, it kind of got something. But after that, I, I just I found it more uh, Hollywood enjoyable than Japanese terrifying. So uh, yeah, mm. it was. It, it, it was it was a fun game, but I never really felt the horror. But I really appreciated uh, the passion and the the time and effort that had very clearly gone into recreating this game, uh, but trying to actually stick true to the roots that, of what made it the first time round. And you got one of the HD remasters, or more than one? Oh, I bought. Um, I've got it on the PS4. I bought it day one on the Xbox One. Then I bought the rim, uh, the uh, Resident Evil bundle set again on the xbox right. one so technically i bought it twice on the xbox one uh, and i think i own it on the ps on the xbox 360 as well yeah uh yeah i have similar memory issues with this now i know i bought it as soon as it came out but uh, 2003 september time i was only recently with uh, my new girlfriend still my girlfriend um and we were going out a lot you know doing stuff uh and i don't remember how far i got in it I, I had this thing going back to it for playing it through for this podcast where I can't tell now my memories are all conflated with the various different versions of Resident Evil 1 that I've played the original original the director's cut remake which I've played both back in the day and more recently some of the remixes of the areas and elements are the same in this or almost the same um, so I'm quite confused as to whether I did ever finish this I've definitely now finished it albeit on uh, one of the easier settings with Jill um, but I've also dabbled with the harder settings and I think I started it multiple times back in the day on GameCube and on Wii um, um, starting, I'll, I'll do the thing where I'll start an easy playthrough with Jill and then I'll feel like, oh, this isn't proper. <laughs> so I'll start a hard playthrough with Chris and then I'll get scared and stuck. Uh, more anxious than scared, but yeah, um, you, you, you understand. It's um, the anxiety of these games, as we've discussed, is often about uh, the thought of having to redo lengthy sections since your last save or running out of ribbons uh, or, you know, whatever. Um but in terms of anticipation at the time, uh, while I was distracted by uh, external things other than gaming, I was still, you know, absolutely uh, in love with the medium. GameCube was still a very exciting new machine. And, and it was really, yeah, like, um, like you say, the screenshots of this game, to me, I, I had none of the trepidation that Carl spoke of. I, have, I had all of the anticipation and excitement. I just thought, wow. Um, and again, just thinking that it was only a mere... Well, we recently covered Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, and that was two years before this. So to go from those, you know, what we said going back to them now, they weren't 
perhaps you know the worst graphics we've ever gone back to in a game but they've definitely aged but even then they'd already aged we'd already had code veronica on the dreamcast so we'd you know with pros and cons of the move to polygons but we'd seen much higher resolution assets and and this sort of thing then to the leap to this gamecube yeah. remake was oh. it was breathtaking humongous um the lighting and the the attention to detail and the composition and everything was just it was just so exciting um and yeah and it obviously they'd mapped it beautifully to work on that gamecube controller and um it, it felt like a real a real nice fit but i'm completely happy with my with my ps4 version that i've played through recently um i don't i don't think um you know if i was a collector I'd, i'm sure i'd still have the gamecube version but i don't feel like it's it's necessary in fact i think uh, some of the the extra the extra resolution that you get from the ps4 version probably allows the graphics to to shine in some ways but pros and cons and all that so the scenario and setting really refer back to our issue 301 resident evil 1996 podcast if you don't know it um i think pretty much everyone's familiar with the setup it's a haunted house it's survival horror uh there are other elements subterfuge and skullduggery as well um <laughs> K-Sub-0-1000 from the forum says the story is inoffensive B-movie nonsense. It doesn't have anything particularly interesting to say and amounts to little more than a framing device. But the more mature way in which it is presented here makes it significantly easier to accept than the original's amateur hour. Uh, We're coming on to we'll save talk of characters and cast and performances. Um, But yes, in terms of the story... uh, Only one thing has changed. And I guess we'll talk about that when we talk about enemies the Lisa Trevor thing. So let's carry on waxing lyrical about the graphics then. (laughs) (laughs) Art and graphics K-Sub-Zero says, at a time when pre-rendered 2D backgrounds were starting to grow out of fashion, this game thankfully doubled down on its signature visual visual language and the end result has to be one of the most visually impressive experiences ever created. The quality of the backgrounds is absolutely baffling to me, with each of them being carefully drawn according to the established rules of photography, perspective play and picture composition so as to convey a specific viewpoint with fascinating little details and contributing to the fantastic sense of location of the Spencer Mansion and surrounding environments. The visual artists who worked on this game did an incredible job and I'm quite sad to observe how the rest of the industry doesn't seem interested in recapturing this kind of magic nowadays. So Carl, you were, you said you were sceptical or wary, wary maybe is, yeah, is the con- right word. Yeah, concerned. Um, now for me, I remember getting hold of this game and thinking when I when I first got hold of it, as well as thinking it was as stunningly beautiful as I'd hoped, it had lost none of the the kind of the the, the magic or the atmosphere of the original game. Is that how you felt, or were you? Yeah, it, it, it's strange going in because, uh, as I mentioned on the Resident Evil podcast when we covered it in three hundred one for this season, uh, it's the the pre rendered backgrounds from the original are something that I to this day, love. Um, and I love pre-rendered backgrounds generally. Um, and that's kind of the concern that I had was that tonality, uh, that atmosphere would have been lost. And it took me probably about four rooms before I realised that no, this was actually crafted by a team that genuinely cared about matching the vision that was there in the original. Um, obviously, we we had Mikami still leading yeah. at and but, probably more staff members as well i would imagine without going and comparing every name but but sometimes it's as something grows it's easier to lose your way or uh, 
change something or tweak something or, of course, develop something for newer hardware. I mean, we're six years down the line. There was a radical change in power. There's so much that they could have gone, well, we'll just tweak this because we can. And it felt like they'd restrained themselves in the best possible way to sort of craft something that really truly resembled the, all the elements that I loved about the original game so um, whilst I did go in with that trepidation that that could have changed it really did not take me long to realise that no it was actually phenomenal and how do you feel it holds up now playing the HD remaster I genuinely think it's a masterpiece um, because all the time when we talk about uh polygonal graphics and sometimes the blend and things age you know you've already mentioned uh resident evil nemesis and and how ropey that can look now and this wasn't long after and yet you can throw this on a gamecube and look at it and go that is absolutely stunning so it just seemed to sort of bridge that gap and it's it's the one of the only polygon heavy games that i can truly say stands up now all these years later as it did at launch which goes somewhere to say what an effort it actually was to craft that game and all the additional polish that you've got uh with the with the newer character models and the uh, enhanced textures is just gorgeous it really is a really pretty game it's interesting you say that that it's a polygon game because for 70 to 80 percent it's it's a 2d game actually um, but that's what uh, really impressed me so much with the uh, pre-release screenshots is the way the character models look because because of using uh, so much 2D so many 2D assets they could really go to town on the character models of the zombies the monsters and the, the main characters and this is one of those games um, I also uh, put uh, the first Chronicles of Riddick in that category it's one of those games that look like they're a generation ahead basically mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they look like lower res uh, Xbox 360 games yeah I think what I was when I, when I say polygon heavy what I actually mean is some quite often when you put polygonal characters in front of a pre-rendered background they stand out so much more for all the wrong reasons whereas in Resident Evil the uh, the, the remake they just look wonderful as part of that world um, yeah. and that is what's incredibly rare because the, the fact that the standout is usually uh, a negative whereas it was handled so well in this the contrast that, that, that was perfect yes so the contrast going back to obviously as we have done recently going back to the ps1 games the contrast between the polygons and the pre-rendered stuff it, it definitely has a charm yeah. and we all remember it but it's it's absolutely stark yeah yes and, and, and kind of as like a, a little balance here, I agree with you guys that I really like the way this game looks. But um, as Leon mentioned earlier, like he was asking Carl, like how, uh, how does this game kind of hold up now? And some of the, I mean, the story is, is whatever, but the facial animation, you know, is coming from that era where it just wasn't, still wasn't like, you know, that great. And, it, and it, sure. I guess it, it, it does well enough for the, the weird, dumb story it's telling. Um, but some of it can look kind of goofy and silly. And, and speaking of goofy and silly, like, I feel like there's no way to make the hunters look threatening <laughs> enough to me. Like they, they just look like giant lizards. And Unle- unless you have a phobia of frogs and frog people, that will do it. 
or lizard people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, hunters, the hunters are strange. They always looked like battle toads yeah. drawn by Tony yeah. Fallon. That's exactly <laughs> it, yeah. Somewhat, their, their their faces are slightly less uh, s- silly, silly than than in the PS One game here. But um, yeah, no. I, in terms of how the game holds up from my point of view, play, having played it recently, I think it's incredibly impressive given its age. How well it holds up, I would, I wouldn't say that it is completely timeless. As Sean says, a few little things like the facial animation and just some of the resolutions of the t- of the textures now uh, even you know even things that have been upscaled and retouched at 1080p there are some areas which look a little grainy and blocky but obviously I'm coming now from the perspective of having recently played through the PS3 version of Code Veronica so that's a you know a polygon game that's been touched up and leaping to this it still has the same power to make you go wow and yeah. the fact that it stands up as well as it does given its age is remarkable and yeah just um the is really i think the lighting is the thing that stands out still the 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 use of lamplight candlelight lightning all that stuff and particles hanging in the air and all that stuff this was all there in the gamecube version and i remember when funny enough i mean it's not that ludicrous a comparison but i remember when we first saw luigi's mansion a game which we covered all the way back in our first year and the feeling of being in a haunted house albeit in a cartoony fun horror way in that game um was so much to do with this specific look that GameCube graphics seem to have that that people seem to really run with. I wonder if you know the the. I'm sure the team who put Resident Evil Remake together had played Luigi's Mansion, and there's certain certain little nods. I think like just in terms of how they captured the atmosphere on a, on a, on that generation of system that maybe maybe is a little throwback to that. When I played Luigi's Mansion for the first time, of course, way before uh, the Resident Evil remake, I actually felt it was a little bit of a fun-loving kid, you know, kiddie Resident Absolutely. Evil take with yeah. uh, finding, yeah. the, finding yeah. the keys and opening new doors in, a, in another hallway and that kind of stuff. I'm sure yeah. it. Uh, I'm sure Luigi's Mansion inspired um, Fatal Frame Project Zero to some extent, if nothing yeah. else. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but what you say about the lighting, I mean, they employs so much trickery in the pre-rendered backgrounds they're not just pre-rendered backgrounds there's a lot of fmv and a lot of lighting effects in it like the thunder uh coming from outside that that's pure pure lighting and casting shadows (laughs) but also yeah the 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 flickering uh uh, candle flames uh, on the chandeliers that's that's just a a recorded video you see on there Yeah. yeah and and but it's everything about this game's art and graphics is made for effect you know it's not a real tangible 3d modeled environment with real tangible 3d models but everything is just so well put together for effect that yeah save for what sean mentioned about the animations and the facial uh uh, animation um it looks as yeah extraordinarily convincing and immersive uh, to me Yes, I even found uh, like the. Uh, I think one of the the sort of effects that's really come on in in, in recent years. I, I suppose um, the place it was first seen was actually in CG film. It was Monsters Inc. Probably two thousand and four. Monsters Inc. And obviously they made a big deal. Pixar about Sully's fur. Um, and obviously we've seen a lot of games since then that have done increasingly impressive fur and hair work, uh, which is obviously both difficult and expensive in terms of 
budget, both technical budget and financial budget. Um, but the spiders on the HD remaster look proper furry now. Instead yeah. of like, um, instead of they always just looked kind of, you know, like everything did on the PS1, like wrapped in kind of pixely polygons uh, textures. Now they look properly, which, you know, it's just small thing. But and I'm not an arachnophobe, but I know that I know that if uh, if an arachnophobe was looking at those spiders, the fact that they've got semi-convincing prickly <laughs> hairs would, yeah. would yeah. go a long way to making them uh, effective as 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 enemies rather than the yeah slightly ludicrous looking just hugely blown up spiders of, of the earlier games um the prof from the forum says i can't remember if i picked up this game close to release or whether it was a little later but i do remember being absolutely blown away by how good it looked i'd played the original resident evil on the playstation when i was young and i was so scared by the initial encounter with a zombie that i had to put down the controller and run away after this initial experience i hadn't played another resident evil game until this remake came around and this time i was determined to see it through and wow, am I glad that I did. This game represents to me some of the best atmosphere created in any game, thanks to the wonderful soundtrack and effects and the stunningly detailed visuals, which look incredible still, even on the GameCube version running at 480p. I'm a huge fan of pre-rendered backgrounds because of the level of detail they can contain and fixed camera angles because of the control they can have in setting a scene. And to me, this game is the epitome of both of those things. The lighting is also fantastic with the constant lightning flashes really adding to the mood. Unless you go outside when it's never lightning or rain. It's only when you're inside. What's that all about? Uh, <laughs> but it's actually a great example, even though it's, a, you know, you could say it's a continuity error because it's always lightning when you're in some rooms and it's never lightning when you're in others. That's actually a, a kind of good illustration of how curated the entire experience is. Craig, also from the forum, says, I wasn't a huge fan of the original Resident Evil, but when I saw how gorgeous this looked on the GameCube, I figured I should give it a go when I saw it on sale. In that area, the game did not disappoint. It was the first game where I remember it feeling like you were playing the cutscenes, and it was another watershed moment after Donkey Kong Country and Mortal Kombat where I thought to myself, this is it. Games are never going to look better than this. I think we've all got those uh, moments. Yeah, <laughs> a very, yeah. Uh, very uh, similar feeling here for when it came out. Yeah. Um, well, we, we should we may as well talk about this at this point then the the sort of the retelling of of the story in terms of obviously we talked a lot about the 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 insanity that was the original game the ridiculousness <laughs> the comedy for yeah. for most people despite the fact and we you know go back and listen to that show we were definitely most of us were somewhat scared by that game back in in the mid nineties mm -hmm. we hadn't played that many things like it before but th when the cutscenes came around in the intro we knew it was goofy we knew it was funny we knew it was silly the localization was absurd so here they've taken the opportunity to kind of move things forward a bit but i don't know about you guys but what struck me was playing it now is it's still absolutely terrible yeah like it's <laughs> it's it's not as terrible like it's, it's not it's a, complete, a different level yeah. it's not a com it's, it's not a complete shambles anymore it's now like a it's now like one of those Sharknado sequels that goes straight to sci-fi. Yeah. On, you know, it's that, it's that sort of level of uh, writing and, you know, where the characters have these weird exchanges that don't really make sense or acknowledge each other's presence. And yeah, <laughs> now there's a there's a whole subplot, which, again, we'll go on to it. But the the main but the main stuff, Jill, Barry and Wesker and Chris is just all it's just it's again, I know I use this sort of. Uh, analogy a lot but it's it's like a it's like a kid's cartoon to me it's it's mm. very cheesy and and hammy and wooden yeah. and 
but but to me um not as fun i guess because it loses that mm. stupid yeah. sense of humor that like maybe like as we were saying in the original episode that maybe it wasn't actually intentional <laughs> at least certainly not by mikami and his team um i don't think they were intentionally trying to make that original that corny uh, but this time around, it just kind of it's 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 serviceable. It's fine. Yeah. But I didn't have as much fun with any of the, any of the dialogue. Like I can't remember a single line from it now. Um, yeah. But that might just Jill be Jill and Barry together in hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's that one. I mean, they changed the Jill sandwich thing and and uh, mm-hmm. the master uh, of unlocking. Uh, master That's of unlocking. Gone. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, those lines. Disappeared, uh, yeah. which made it literally unplayable. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, yeah. it felt like they were really? trying to be more serious this time around, and 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 like maybe they kind of made this script like, oh, this is something we could be, you know, legit proud of, and and you know, it's it's just it's still kind of dumb. Yeah, it's still kind of dumb, and but I, it's played way more straight, it seems, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or or at least they they try to nail it in a more straight yeah. way. Um, it's very like a two thousand and two video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I, but I always felt like, and I said that in in the podcast on the original, uh, I always felt that, you know, the remake in so many ways makes the original Resident Evil obsolete. But I all, mm. I've always missed the silly vocal track of yeah. the original. Yeah. That's Clearly, something that never yeah. quite away. There's the nothing. Yeah. There's there's no lines of dialogues for the ages that you can keep on repeating yeah. and have a have a laugh at every time you do so in, yeah. in the remake. Not really. No. Yeah. But it it I mean it, the some somewhat more straighter tone uh, works for this particular game. I, yeah. I'll give mm-hmm. it that. Yeah. Uh, and I think everyone was, yeah, everyone was recast. Um, I don't know. There's not too many household names among them. Uh, forgive me if if any of the uh, if any of the folks involved are, you know, well-known voice talents. Um, I think some of them have reprised their roles uh, in later games, um, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not super familiar with uh, with everyone. Um, but Joe White plays uh, Chris, and also Richard Aiken and uh, Heidi. Anderson Swan plays Jill and also female newscaster. So they didn't spend tons of money on the voice budget, clearly, because <laughs> people were doubling up roles. Uh, f- yeah. Fieldy from the forum. Let's talk about the music and the sound. Uh, a special mention must go to the sound design, which I thought along with the presentation, was very impressive in its detail. Everything sounded as it should, from the footsteps on wooden floors and wet paving to the ambient noise of crickets chirping on the mansion grounds or even unsettling rattle of a hunter lurking out of sight. All of this made the experience more real and added to the atmosphere, as well as this, the soundtrack, although not omnipresent, added a great deal to the overall feeling of fear and dread. Uh, yes, uh, specifically, let's talk uh, sound foley and uh diegetic um i think it's still pretty tremendous um yeah adds a lot to the atmosphere that is already powerfully uh engendered by those visuals that we've already praised um yeah lots of nice use of uh wind and and yes i mean you know carl i remember saying carl how impressed you were in in 96 by the the transition of footsteps from one surface to another that seemed like a big deal back then obviously here it's way more subtle with you're going through you know dips and puddles and and muddy bits and stone bits and and uh 
yeah, there's a lot of texture to it, isn't there? Yeah. It's a bit sparse, yeah. sparse though, the sound design of the game. Uh, in line with the original, uh, I suppose. But uh, there's yeah. a lot of, especially inside the mansion, there's a lot of silence uh, punctuated by thunder, thunder cranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's deliberate, uh, isn't it? Oh, Surely. absolutely. Yeah, it creates an atmosphere that's just like unmatched, honestly, in the rest of the series for me. Like, I just, I, I felt like they crushed it this time around, mm-hmm. especially with. Um, so we're all, you know, we talked on, on the original about that the, when you go down the hallway and the dogs jump through. And, mm-hmm. um, of course, everyone is expecting that to happen this yeah. time around, right? They jump through the window and, and you walk through. But it just does the little, like, the little tap against there and breaks it yeah. a little bit. And that that little thing, nothing else happens. But that little thing got me every time again. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. And, and, and it, yeah. The- this is yeah. maybe getting ahead a little bit, but this is something that really got me in the remake, uh, like a real sort of uh, moment of realization, because I returned to the hallway again. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I returned to it for a third time. Nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at that point, I figured, okay, they just did away with that moment altogether. They just took it out. Fourth time, bang! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they got me again after all these years. Those bastards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think yeah. um, with with it being sparse and, and being quiet, it it's not like a lack of quality or anything. It's a showing of true confidence um, that that their design is intentionally right. So by actually not putting something there, is bolder than actually just filling space, right? Yeah. So um, when when it, when the moments count, the sound counts for so much more. It is. That's very much true. The, the 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 sounds of um, the banging on the doors or uh, the thunder yeah. cracking outside those those kinds of things are so emotive that when you're in there they are truly unsettling. They um, are heart heart shaking uh, sounds, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, for a, without a doubt. And pound for pound, Resident Evil still has the best crow sound in any game <laughs> ever. It really does make my skin yeah. roll. Mickey was doing at the start, but it was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I do. Um, when I I really like. I'm not um, like a bird watcher or anything, but I do like. You know, I like I like animals and I like birds. And and when I see corvids in real life, crows or rooks or whatever, I always do think Resident Evil birds. You know, if if they're making yeah. their noise, like that's how much of an impression. Mm-hmm. Even though I, you know, I only first played Resident Evil when I was like 24 years old or whatever it was. Um, crows crowing sounds like resident evil to me that's that's the impact that this game had. absolute sound mm. association with resident yeah. evil yeah and another thing that works really well for me whereas uh, i think i was quite critical of some of the uh some of the action music in the original game for mm. being mm-hmm. quite tinny and, and yeah twee um this game uh composes shusaku uchiyama makoto tomozawa and misao senbongi um i think they took most of my favorite pieces from the original game and just spruce them up a little bit there's that mm-hmm. nice spine tingling piece that sort of goes on when you when you're in puzzly rooms yeah. obviously the safe room music is is spectacular um and uh, but then they left out most of the bits that I thought were kind of weak from the original game. So, uh, and there were no bits that drove me insane. There are some incredibly oppressive soundscapey tunes uh, in there as well, mm. with with uh, rumbling and thrumming. Yeah, and and it's just just unsettling 
noises, uh, synth chords, just sort of playing, yeah. washing and, over everything. Yeah, and looking at the the detailed environment and the general darkness of the game uh it's it's a less colorful game than the original it yeah, ma- yeah. gives it an a, a, a very oppressive feeling overall of, of dread and i think that's also what i meant when uh, in my conclusion of, uh on the podcast on the original with uh, the original giving me more of a sense of warmth it, i guess it was mm. more yeah. that, that color that was there mm. in the original which gave it almost a sense of coziness going back to it now but this game is not cozy it's it's very dark and foreboding it grounds it in a sense of reality which is bizarre because obviously the mansion makes zero sense in yeah, the, of course. in, in yeah. real life but well, it's believable that you're there in a real place because of the tone and the color palette so it, it it's kind of weird because one half of my brain's going this is ridiculous. No one could ever build a house like this. Who has moving marble walls, etc.? And then the other half goes, this house is really cool because it's it's grounded in a sense of realism that rooms are of certain sizes, door frames are of certain sizes, the colour palette's right, you know. So it, it it's so relatable that you can kind of lose the ludicrousness and just truly believe that you're in this really oppressive mansion. And, and I love that. But there certainly were some, yeah, certainly were some brain confusing moments where I couldn't remember whether the the scare that I was expecting was from this version, the last version, the previous version, or or, or one of the many times we've revisited the Spencer Mansion in the other games as well, or versions thereof. Yeah, uh, it's it's actually great that you, if you have played both these games, how much they start. You know, confusing you yeah. in your mind. It's, it's yeah, even adds to the spookiness of the whole thing. Yeah, oh, with the moving item, like a required item. You're like, I, it, I, I swear, it's definitely in this room. I remember. Yeah. And then you realise that no, it's actually in a completely different place in the mansion because they changed it up in this version. A lot of remixes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well, we'll get onto that. Um, yeah, before we actually, just before we talk about that stuff, I wanted to talk about the the, the quality of life changes as they would be referred to these days um, in terms of the uh, sort of UI and various other things like that. So things, little things that crop up, uh, popped up into my mind. So you can uh, you can tap the A button to or the cross button or whatever you're using to skip the item chest opening animation. Mm-hmm. So you can pretty much double tap and get into that. Uh, the map now shows which rooms still have items in. Oh, yeah. man, uh, I, I want to hug and kiss the developer who <laughs> thought of that idea. That's genius. But the nasty, but, thi- the nasty thing about this map, and the ma- <laughs> I think you're also getting to that, uh, uh, Leon, is that um, you can't see when you got a new key which doors are no, uh, exactly to, be, to, to be opened, like uh, was, Code Veronica. was the case in Code Veronica. And I think Resident Evil 3 and 2 also already had that. Uh, I think if they the- made this game now, they would, yeah, yeah like you would yeah. Uh, have Jill making marks or Chris making marks on the map, wouldn't mm-hmm. you, um, yeah. as you went. So she would just draw a little. Um, every time you tried a door and you couldn't open mm. it, she would draw a little there would be a little hand-drawn crown on it or something just to show. So the color on the doors only indicates which doors are still closed and which have opened. And which are locked, yeah. 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 Uh, So what other stuff is there? So there's no uh, climbing transition now. Obviously, that also there's fewer loading screens between areas. So some areas you can go up and down stairs without a loading screen, which is great. Mm. And the zombies and other enemies can go up and down the stairs as well. Yes, yep. And they can burst out of 
burst out of rooms and and stuff like that come through doors little tweaks as well like the uh stun gun and and but not defense items yeah yep. that was an, yes. that was an addition um yeah, there, there is there there was another control method which they added in for this, which I assume is still there for the more recent versions as well as the other editions that they've since added. Uh, but this was the one where you can hold down the R button, like almost like a a driving accelerator, um, so you can like move your character forward as if as if yeah as if they're driving <laughs> and then steer them with the analog it's stick. Like heavy rain, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it's in there if you want it. Um, I think I tried David it Cage back does in the things day. right here and there. Come on. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 However, only one of those two games is truly scary. Mm. <laughs> Depending on how you look at it. Uh, so yeah, no transition button because um, obviously we we talked before about how some of the things that were brought into Resident Evil Three then seemed to be dropped from Code Veronica, but that was because they were kind of in development at the same time, and RE Three was brought forward, and it was a side story. Uh, please refer to those podcasts. Um, what else? Anything else? Any other bits and bobs that you can think of that were obviously... Uh, there's an auto-aim, which wasn't in the very original Resident Evil. But there's a quick turn, which wasn't in the original. Quick turn, uh, yeah. And you can even easily activate it by just flicking the C-stick on the GameCube controller if you're playing the yeah. GameCube version. Yes. Yeah, I think that, that covers most of it. So all little niceties. Um, but again, I think, yeah, if, if they if they had completely remade the remake again i think there would have been some some even more contemporary stuff i mean we still have lots of quirks that are kind of specific to the game and the genre item ch- you know dimension hopping item chests ink ribbons that save your game <laughs> the, it's uh, the only way to save your game picking up extra ammo for the handgun was that a red little red box in the uh, in the original yeah, now it's clips. And now yeah. it's clips, which are much harder to spot oh, if, they, if, they don't, uh, right. if they don't light up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they still have lots of... The items still generally glint or they're in obviously framed by a scene when you want to collect them. But right. I actually found there's a trophy and achievement, which obviously is another uh, consideration if you're playing the, the more recent versions for uh i think it's called every nook and cranny which is for collecting or interacting with every item and i I didn't i didn't get that on this recent playthrough despite not leaving any rooms red so i'm not sure all places on all maps Uh, yeah there's the description for that one yeah there's not all items uh glisten uh some of them are actually really hidden pixel hunts they're like hidden in a bookshelf or something supposedly yeah um whether you like that stuff I guess um I uh, yeah probably I miss I nearly always miss some files uh, obviously one of the things about Resi one of the traditional things is that you pick up text files they don't take up inventory space they go into your file file um but I nearly always miss some There's very seldom I've gone through a Resi game and managed to find all of those I uh, I did get that achievement but okay. I remember um I would I generally play games very slowly very oh, me methodically too. <laughs> um and painfully so I st- I was shocked when that achievement popped up, I'll be honest, because right. um, I know that there are some items that are incredibly difficult to, mm. to sort of find or, of course, like you say, files, etc. Um, I remember it being a room near the start of the mansion that was locked and it only unlocked right near the very end yeah. of the game. Mm-hmm. There was a strange item in a drawer oh, and, yeah. and it popped okay. as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk difficulty. So... The game now gives you three options when you first start, uh, one, two, or three. One is the climbing a mountain option, which is the hardest. Then you've got going for a hike or going for a walk. 
Um, when you go into New Game Plus, you can select very easy, easy, normal or hard. Um, I don't know if hard is above climbing a mountain or hard is climbing a mountain. The GameCube original only uh, has climbing a mountain and going for a hike. The going for a walk, the the, e the very easy uh, or the easy option Aha. is not uh, not there. Right. So which explains why I always found the going for a hike uh, difficulty setting quite uh, challenging by itself. Yeah. Already. Okay. Um, that's cool. I can't remember if they'd added that in the Wii version or not. Um, anyway. Uh, so there are ultimately, I suppose you could say, four times two difficulty settings, depending on your character. Uh, Chris and Jill, similarly to the uh, previous game, the pre previous incarnation, uh, there are differences between the two. Jill has eight slots in her inventory. Chris has six. Jill uses her own lockpick which Barry gives her for some reason. Uh, Chris needs to find old keys, which use up inventory slots. Uh, Chris always has the lighter, but Jill's takes up a slot. Uh, Chris has a better chance at headshots uh, and is more resistant to wounds, but Jill has the extra inventory. Uh, Barry supplies weapons and ammo, whereas Rebecca can treat wounds. Uh, Barry does briefly appear in Chris's scenario at the start, but Rebecca does not appear at all in Jill's scenario. Uh, in both scenarios, Richard is found and can be saved from snake poison with that run, that race against time across oh, the mansion. Yes. Uh, in Jill's scenario, he then helps her defeat uh, Yawn by sacrificing himself, the big snake. And in Chris's scenario, he sacrifices himself when he's eaten by a big shark. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Richard. Fieldy from the forum says this game is best played on one of the higher difficulty settings as I found the easiest settings too easy played on the harder difficulty it becomes true survival horror uh, so what are your preferences uh, panel start with uh, Carl I played through it on normal um, I do understand why people would say that it's really played on hard but um, the the strange thing is that the best approach to this game is to just not kill a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the second you kill a zombie and if you don't burn it or take its head off, it's going to come back as a crimson head and then it just gets uh, even more difficult uh, as they start moving around or be more savage on attacks. So the skill really is to know where every zombie is <laughs> and then essentially... Uh, tease it into lunging for you and then skipping past dodge and weave, it. So, the old dodge and weave, yeah. yeah. I, think, uh, I think when I completed it, I, I had five or so zombie kills. Right. So very, very low. And this is actually one of the reasons I, I enjoy playing it on the lower difficulty because I do still get tense because I hate yeah. repeating sections and it is still possible to get one, pretty much one-hitted, get your head taken off mm -hmm. or get crushed by a boulder or something yeah. like that. So there is still tension. But actually I get to shoot things, which is kind of <laughs> why I play zombie games. Um, the weaving about stuff is cool and, and I get why people are into it and, and I like the extra tension that the higher difficulties offer. And playing with Chris, it's definitely a, a quite a markedly different experience. But I actually enjoy playing it. I, I ended up, this playthrough, I ended up with insane amounts of spare ammo and uh, <laughs> yeah. health. But I still had a great time getting there. The uh, the zombies are usually in uh, pretty tight corridors uh, in this game. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's not such an easy feat to, to mm -hmm. fake them out. Uh, but it definitely is, is, uh, is possible if you know exactly where they are uh, to do to do a lot of that um, it's quite weird after code veronica where we had no choices in this matter and it was 
just punishingly hard in places. So uh, we've talked a little about it already, but let's go a bit deeper into enemies and weapons and combat. Uh, just a nugget of trivia out of the uh, original monsters from the original version. The giant spiders are the only enemy to have a different name. Not, not that you'd definitely you'd necessarily know this. They don't come up on the, the slides that you watch later, do they? I don't think. Um, but the spiders were called web spinners in the original, and they're now called tarantulas, <laughs> which is quite cute. <laughs> Craig from the forum says, to play the game, this kind of ties into what we were just saying, fills me with a huge sense of anxiety and dread, which, while no doubt intentional, seriously dampens my enjoyment. I appreciate what it does, but too many of the systems together rub against my natural way of playing and I struggle to have a good time. A, a large part of it comes from being asked to make decisions without having the comfort of being fully informed. Take ink ribbons, for example. Sure, there's probably enough in the game to make it through, reasonably saving, but how much is too much? What does the developer expect of me? This came to a head when I found out I hadn't been managing my ammo efficiently. I made it some way through the game, down some naughty sharks, and then on my return to the mansion, suddenly there were very fast, powerful red zombies around. After consulting game facts, I found out these crimson heads appeared when you killed a zombie and didn't burn the corpse. On my first playthrough, I had played it much like I would any game. I see something trying to kill me, I shot it to hell and back, <laughs> unless I ran out of ammo, in which case I ran away hoping I'd find some soon. As a result, I had a lot of powerful, angry zombies and a lack of firepower. It, that, that's really interesting because I naturally play these games the opposite way where I get really good ammo and I'm like I am not using it because I will need that at a very, uh. very specific moment and then I'll complete the game and I'll have like a rocket launcher and a grenade launcher full of yeah. ammo and stuff and we're like oh yeah. might as well have used it yeah. <laughs> like me with potions in Final Fantasy you know you've got a room of yeah you've got 99 in your inventory but you won't use them because that would mean using them <laughs> Yeah. When I yeah, when exactly. I, when I played these games uh, back in the days, I was more like Craig. I I didn't like the idea of these enemies walk keep walking, uh, you know, walking around. So I very vividly remember that first moment, and I had heard about crimson heads, but I didn't know quite what what they were. But I re very vividly remember that first moment um, where I stepped over a corpse yep. mm -hmm. which had turned red. And it rose up like terrifyingly quick and s barked out this awful raspy sound and just <laughs> came running after me and chased me through doors. And mm -hmm. it was, it was uh, one of the biggest scares I ever had in a video game, I yep. suppose. I mean, there, I think that you actually get to meet a crimson head before that coming yeah, out of the, uh, totally the, the casket. Yeah. But you don't expect uh, an already dead zombie to uh, transform that way. How do we feel about the inclusion of the Crimson Heads? I think it's a rather clever addition. Uh, yeah. It forces you to yeah, consider your actions more. There's this option of, for those who don't know, uh, as we, we pretty much explained, that zombies come back to life. So even if you shoot them in the style of traditional Resident Evil, you see them slump to the floor and the big pool of blood comes out. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're finished with for good unless you pop their head or you can carry around a hip flask with you and a lighter uh, and burn them so there's various tanks of uh, cartons of kerosene um, and you can only carry two shots at a time though to to yeah enough enough to burn 
yeah. uh, two lots of zombies. Uh, it takes half, half a hair flask to exactly. Uh, yeah, to and burn each, one. each of these kerosene canisters only has three refills in it overall, or something like mm. that, like six shots in it. So, so yes, as usual, resources are limited. Um, you can there's a there's an achievement, funnily enough, for uh, burning more than one simultaneously. Uh, so you can get that. If, oh you, yeah. If you if you get I them did falling, that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, get them falling on top of of one another. Um, but it it's it's something to uh, yeah just uh, as well as having the the remixed elements that this game already had that we've talked about with items being in different places and jump scares and mm-hmm. whatever happening in different places this actually was a whole kind of dynamic situation that was going on yeah it makes the game more more hostile even than uh, what it was before and um, which I think works to its uh, its favor and its yeah. strengths um, and and you you st- because you can't burn all the zombies that you down if you down a lot of them unlike, uh, unlike Carl, uh, but you become wary and tactical. I mean you don't have to burn them if you like you said before if you pop their heads off, but um, you become very uh, discriminate about uh, discriminating about which zombies you burn. So the ones that are somewhere tucked away in a in a room you're likely not revisiting mm. uh, anymore you're not you're not wasting uh, precious resources on those but those mm-hmm. in yes. narrow corridors yeah i i make sure to burn them so if they do come back as somebody who's only really played this game in the slaughter everything and burn everything you can <laughs> methodology if you were to take a, a zombie down once and have it resurrect as a crimson head is it is it still dodgeable at all or are they completely non-dodgeable because obviously they are, they are faster and more aggressive mm. does no, you it then become it, essential dodging is, uh, is, uh, is nigh impossible especially yeah. in, in those narrow hallways um, right. so their their resource drains they drain a lot of your uh, um, of your uh, ammunition and they'll also probably uh, take a few good swipes and bites uh, out of you and they're intensely powerful. It's like they're they're way more powerful than the other zombies. So the, you get like yeah. a couple hits and you're done. Yeah, they have these long metallic nails. And yeah, they, they yeah. swipe at you. Yes, there is there is a, a some flavor text, a, a, pick, a collectible document in the game, which sort of it doesn't really explain them. It just says that this might happen. Um, there's no. It was. I don't think there's any scientific justification in game. Perhaps uh, in the expanded universe, <laughs> somebody <laughs> has. But um, and yes, the, these defense items. This is a new gameplay wrinkle that we mentioned: uh, daggers and battery packs. There's also a, an item that I found that I never used, which is a defense gun, which is a one-shot item. Yeah, I never used that. What does anyone know no. what that's for? Because you find it from the guy who committed suicide. Oh, and okay. then it's just it's just a one bullet thing, but I've never, never used it because I didn't understand the purpose. Maybe it's like a one hit kills anything. Yeah, or, I would assume it's probably really really powerful. Yeah, maybe it also especially de- especially against living things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was disappointed. That was one of the one of the many lines mm. I was sad not to hear. There's again. also, as far as the defense item, there's also the grenade. If you're you're Chris, oh, you yeah. just pop it right in his yeah. mouth and then step back a little bit, and that's good fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I again, I, I like this that you can have it on auto or manual uh, defense, and you can either select which one you want, or you can just let it go to the next item. Um, 
again, it's just, yeah, something, I guess it came from player feedback saying that they found being grabbed frustrating because it was once you were grabbed, there was nothing you could do about it. Whereas now mm. if you, if you've, if you haven't been grabbed too many times, you're going to have enough items to to fend things off. Yeah, this time I used it in a more in use them in a more tactical way of uh, knowing that I didn't want to waste bullets on a certain zombie in a narrow corridor. Mm-hmm. So I just equipped a defense item, run run into its arms, and you know s- uh, automatically stabbed it in the head, and were and then dashed past them to to get to where I wanted to be. Nice. And yes, Lisa Trevor is probably the other, it's probably, one, in a way, it's probably the most, apart from, you know, the, the look and feel of the game, it's probably the most major difference. Yeah. I've read, I read somewhere when researching for this show that uh, suggested it was reinstated from cut content from the original game. I'm not sure, I don't know, I've only seen that written down once, I don't know if that's actually true or whether it was just an addition. My my thought it was that it was this game's kind of version of a Mr. X or Nemesis character, although she's not quite as constant and relentless as those. She's a presence throughout the majority of the game and you can't shoot her with guns, so yeah. she replaces yeah. that. But I have to say, I think tonally, this is the darkest thing in the original Resident yeah, Evil yeah. it's really messed up she's really it's, creepy yeah. it's surprisingly well done <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. for a Resident Evil game it, it handles it really really well it is dark it's interesting it fleshes out the story mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's intimidating yeah. uh, she uh, yeah, she carries fantastic. her mother's face around yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's entirely told uh, for, correct me if I'm wrong but the story of her and her family is entirely told through notes. Like, there's no one yeah. coming to you telling you yeah. about anything. It's a, it's a very cool way to deliver that story. No, and the reason I thought that I, I hadn't played all the way through this game before was because I was really struck the last couple of days finding her lair, her underground, her tunnels and her room and everything. And that was like the first stuff. Again, if, if anything, this was the bit that felt slightly at odds with, with the the rest of the game. In that we we talked about how it is kind of. You know, it's fun, schlocky horror. It's not fun mm. horror like Luigi's Mansion or, or uh, you know, like that, chi- you know, child horror. But yeah, it's yeah. nor is it Silent Hill 2, you know, utterly <laughs> yeah. desperate, yeah. terrifying stuff. Um, but this stuff is closer to that mm-hmm. for me. Like this, this is this is this is a child who was uh, her family were lured to this place. Uh, she was experimented on. She watched her parents die. She. Yeah, it's there's lots of unpleasantness about it but i but i really appreciated it like i liked it it's not it's not that it's not that i didn't like it it's just that it actually it threw me for a loop uh a bit i like i've known about it for years but this was the first time i properly engaged with it and getting into her her underground lair and seeing and you know just imagining her shuffling around in there for decades as as she had been at this point yeah, yeah. really she really good she stuff. amounts to a lot of excess story content but also a lot of extra map content added to uh, to the mansion. Uh, there's the shack in the woods, of course, as well, and the underground yeah. layer. And I remember playing uh, the game back in 2002 with a group of friends, mm. and we were sort of, like I was uh, telling before, we were sort of passing the controller around. One of my friends was playing, and he was he went up into the shack, and we all sensed that something was horribly wrong <laughs> there. And he went up the little uh, the little 
yeah, sort of heightened area there. Yeah. And then it says you've got a really good view of the entrance from here. I wonder yeah, why you might need to exactly. <laughs> um, and then when he went back, the, we we heard the door slam. Yeah. And we just he went he walked back to that that viewpoint and we just saw a very short glimpse of mm-hmm. the thing yeah. walking through. And I told told uh, my friend like. I just saw a horrible old man <laughs> slumping, <laughs> slumping through the hut, oh. and all of us were freaking the f out. <laughs> yeah, that was a horrible old lady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such a good moment because yeah. they they lead you to believe that this is a safe area in a way. Like you can you walk yeah. in, it's silent. You yeah, can tell something's right. Isn't there? Exactly, there's a typewriter and there's a um item box. Item. So yeah. like you just kind of think like oh, okay, like any other room, this is a safe area, and then nope, it's yeah. super not a safe area. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 then I think, uh, yeah, he went down the stairs, and Lisa hit him on the head with that yep. uh, mm-hmm. with a wooden block around yeah, her can't wrist. Avoid that. Yeah, she's yeah, got. That, this, that's a slight weird thing because although I think she's a cool design, the fact that she she's this super strong woman <laughs> that's been uh, injected with every version of the virus up to this point, but she can't break her handcuffs right. is slightly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very strong wood, and. Uh, <laughs> I also remember that when uh, when you wake up, she's still there, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think my friend unloaded all his ammo uh, into her no. <laughs> before he nope. realized it didn't work, and, I, and uh, uh, it didn't work, and just ran away. Yeah, but you are given, you are fed a line about bullets don't hurt it. Yeah. Either it's yeah. in text or Barry says it or something. I saw something in bullets. Yeah. I can't remember, but there is. You are told, don't bother. Don't bother. And there's that whole stealth kind of uh, micro stealth section later where you're kind of weaving around a tunnel in a figure eight um, and you have to pull that lever and then hang up the broken weapon on the hook. Uh, The prof from the forum says, to my taste, the gameplay is perfect. I enjoy games with some cerebral content more than those purely based on action reflexes. But at the same time, if the cerebral content is too hard, I get frustrated and give up. Resident Evil 2002 hits the sweet spot for me of being just mentally challenging enough to make me feel like I'm achieving something without being too difficult. The mansion, of course, provides a perfect playground to face off against devious puzzles and challenging foes and ranks among the greatest of video game locations. Yeah, so we we went through some of the puzzles in the, the original game uh, and obviously subsequent shows that we've done. So here there's a few twists and turns. So the, the painting room where it was before about just pressing a sequence of buttons in order of age. Now you have to light up uh, different paintings or stained glass windows rather and uh, use the information contained within. Some of the puzzles are almost identical. Some of them have been remixed a bit more comprehensively like the... Uh, the key code to the uh, chemical mixing room is now a rather more intricate and elaborate puzzle involving some uh, oil lanterns and you need the lighter for that and mm. then you need to look at the pool table. And so it's just, yeah, I think generally the puzzles have just been slightly fleshed out more rather than just press A to solve puzzle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they're still, I didn't find them, you know, I didn't have any of those moments like one puzzle in each of the previous games where I was just sat there on a puzzle screen for ages. <laughs> Although I suppose mixing the V-Jolt still takes a few uh, few goes around that room. But um, but I still like it, even though, even though it's <laughs> utterly simple and kind of... Uh, they yeah, literally write the solutions on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> the solutions on the wall follow this solution. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
one new element as well. This actually ties into the difficulty conversation, which which we didn't get much into other than we talked about what we liked. The difficulty as well as the inventory slots, we really affects um, the number of enemies in areas. Obviously, the amount of ammo, the amount of save ribbons, uh, the amount of damage enemies can take. But it's also numbers behind the scenes, such as the where you have to carry the cylinder of fuel to repower up the elevator in the laboratory section towards the end of the game. Mm. If you're playing on the higher difficulties, oh, it yeah. takes much less time for that to explode. So on the easiest difficulty, you can run for like four or five seconds without any chance of it blowing up. But on the higher difficulties, even just shooting yeah, shooting your handgun or whatever is, is very likely to result in a, a game over explosion. So some interesting stuff like that. But um, I found on the easier setting, if you've already cleared out those areas, uh, I was expecting stuff to pop out to make me have to... Mm react but that didn't really happen so i think i kind of that's a that's a great point where i think playing the game on a higher difficulty is probably more interesting because the more stakes tense. are higher and there's yeah. less just walk yeah. yeah there's less just walking around empty rooms yeah. uh carrying yeah. stuff from a to b there's there's le less margin for error on the higher difficulties but it's also not that much more difficult if you're already familiar with the game if you yeah. already played through it before mm -hmm. yes and and the, the, that's the thing because you tend to as we say like even if even if you're not quite as uber cautious as some of us are you tend to micromanage anyway just through experience so micromanaging on easy just means that you end up with tons and tons of spare stuff mm. whereas micromanaging on hard just means you end up with enough stuff so <laughs> that becomes the main difficulty but it still comes down to not getting not getting grabbed is really the <laughs> is the is the be all and end all of, of the Resident <laughs> Evil experience. Be good at game, you win. Be good at game. <laughs> yeah. K sub zero one thousand says orientation, environmental traversal, ammunition, inventory space, health restoration, saving. These are all elements that the vast majority of games prefer to simplify, often even taking care of them automatically. GPS, objective markers, infinite ammo, regenerating health and autosave systems are all commonplace nowadays. But Remake doesn't hesitate to trust the player to keep these various elements in mind and to calculate the ideal course of action themselves. Despite having played through this game dozens of times, I almost always get lost whenever I revisited it by, by mentally juggling all these delightfully convoluted elements and trying to remember the exact key item locations. Others may understandably find this off-putting and needlessly stressful, but to me, that is superb game design. The design philosophy also affects the puzzles. A lot of games like to use dedicated puzzle sections as, a mere, as mere palette cleansers in between more substantial action set pieces to be solved and quickly forgotten about afterwards. The puzzles in this game are handled differently and often rely on the player's sense of observation and memorization of certain clues and segments that they might have seen several hours ago. None of them are particularly challenging, but I find the way in which they are structured to be very engaging. Beautifully put, as always, uh, by our friend Camille. Yeah, I yeah. noticed a couple of uh, remix puzzles that uh, gave me pause for thought, such as it didn't work this way in the original, as far as I can recall, in that when you uh, complete the loop for the sort of garden area, in this game you then have to re-flood the pool mm. to... Um, to turn, turn the, off waterfall the waterfall off. Yeah. 
yeah which is a different which is a different solution and a more required more lateral thinking and as as camille said more thinking back to something that you potentially hadn't done for days mm-hmm. you know hours yeah. and hours yeah. of gameplay and, and days uh which i think there were a couple of others like that as well yeah yeah and it's it's uh completely true what he says it's uh brilliant game design uh and the off-putting and needlessly stressful point uh part is to it is that it's just brilliant game design that's a very acquired taste <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just not for everyone that's yeah, exactly yeah. It. speaking yeah. of not for everyone I, I i didn't i didn't have a problem with this because i'm not colorblind but another remixed puzzle from the original uh. was the um the paintings that room where in the original it was just you had to pick what was it from 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 birth to death that yeah, room that was, and in this one that it's, was, uh, Leo, Leo mentioned that one with the stained glass windows yeah 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 I hadn't thought of uh, yeah uh, I don't think games developers developers yeah, were accessibility at that point. accessibility yeah. but it, I mean it is an interesting one because obviously for, for the majority of people who aren't colour blind colour based puzzles are a fun can be a fun cool thing mm-hmm. to do yeah. but they're mm-hmm. so, so they can but they need to have yeah they, they need to have options in the menus that mean that that puzzle presents so in a different way for those with with uh, color blindness. There was one game I was playing recently which had an option of all the different variations of color yeah. blindness mm-hmm. that you can have. Mm. So yeah, yeah. More... Battlefield's always done a good job yeah, of that. I think it was... about four different options. Yeah. Yeah. In Battlefield, yeah, cool. Um, so yes, uh, I guess you're on uh, you're on video walkthroughs and stuff if you if you yeah. actually can't yeah. like see the difference between stuff. But that's obviously going to be frustrating if you can't solve the game right. yourself. Yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned, there are multiple endings, just as there were in the first game. Uh, this is the last main entry in the franchise to feature multiple endings. Uh, I guess it was a popular trend in the '90s and early 2000s. It's not a part unless a game kind of makes a big deal about it having kind of multiple threads. Now, obviously, like The Witcher, you can end up Witcher Three, you can end up with multiple different kind of various things can have happened. But often, yeah. as we know, it, these come down to uh, quite simplistic binary or you know choices in, in of Bioshock you can be a bad person or a good person <laughs> yeah something like that mm-hmm. whereas this comes down to actual uh, actions and yeah. events and, and the way you've played throughout the game yeah. uh, so influenced uh, by things such as Barry giving his gun back uh, sorry giving Barry his gun back in the final Lisa Trevor fight or saving Rebecca from the hunters uh, rescuing your partner with the use of the ammo discs during the final evacuation or leaving them to rot and explode in jail um, saving other characters uh, from being killed in the second tyrant battle all endings feature the player's character being flown away in a helicopter by Brad but differences include which other characters survive whether the tyrant appears for a second fight or makes another small appearance just before the credits and whether or or not the Spencer Mansion explodes into a fiery inferno. Now there's a choice here. Uh, sadly, as we've said, none of it features the uh, the the super cheesy FMV or the super cheesy song from the uh, the '96 <laughs> original. But you know, we we paid for a remake, and that's what we got with CGI. <laughs> the canon ending apparently is Chris, Jill, Rebecca, and Barry escaping in Brad's helicopter, uh, or. I read somewhere else, this is a game that technically has no canon ending. Depending on certain choices that are made during the game, 12 different endings, 12 different endings can be unlocked, but none of these lead into the continuity established by later games in the series. It is generally believed that the unseen canon ending is a hybrid of Chris <laughs> and Jill's scenarios with their res- respective best possible endings. Yeah, because 
in some endings characters like Barry die right and Barry mm. comes mm-hmm. back later in yeah. uh, in, in, the re- series. In, in in the series yeah maybe the yeah. Resident Evil 2 remake will give us the canonical ending for the first one yeah goodness mind blown <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, of course, you get uh, you get a, a screen uh, in which Wesker tells you "good job," which is weird when he's been trying to kill you, cackling <laughs> yeah. throughout the game. But <laughs> there you go; it was just all it was all a simulation or something. Um, yeah. You get told how many things you killed, how many times you saved, and how long it took you. Uh, you can unlock some stuff. Uh, real survival, complete the game on normal. In this mode, item boxes are not linked. Does that sound like fun to anyone? <laughs> not to me. <laughs> not really. I mean, sure, if you want to do it, why not have yeah, it in there? But I'd try it. <sighs> it's more realistic. <laughs> in this zombie game, it's more realistic. <laughs> yeah, but it actually gives a purpose for the notes section in the back of a game manual. Yeah. Mm. When you used to get yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about the whole situation with items in Zero when we cover that game in a, in a month or so, which is different. They tried something different in the final classic Resi-style game, but that that sounds um, like a lot of busy work and a lot of a lot more backtracking. Anyway, uh, one dangerous zombie uh, unlocked when you complete the game with both Jill and Chris on normal. It can't be turned off. In this mode, Forest Speyer comes back as a zombie with bandoliers of grenades strapped to him. You cannot shoot him without setting them off. If you do, the explosion will kill you and end the game. I had no idea about this. <laughs> uh, but it only it's only in the opening section once you uh, complete the four death masks puzzle and uh, presumably kill that crimson head that comes out of the coffin. The deadly zombie will appear no more. That's cool. I'm, I want to do that. I wish I had more time. Uh, and yes invisible enemy complete the game twice on any difficulty every enemy in the game is invisible just as <laughs> McCann wanted uh, I, I I don't I again I don't really get why the, I, I, yeah. I'm struggling to again why not have it in there this, sure. this kind of reminds reminds me of like big head mode from the, from the 90s <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. have it in there sure but yeah. don't ever play yeah, it because we can yeah, but I guess, you know, there are, as with all the games we ever cover, there are super fans of this game yep. who just want to do, do it over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again, including uh, unlocking the Samurai Edge, which has uh, which is a handgun with unlimited ammo, uh, complete the game on normal or hard in under five hours, no chance for me, <laughs> uh, anti-tank rocket launcher, beat the game on normal or hard in under three hours, never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, to to be able to do that, you need to know the game inside out. Yeah. Uh, I find we talked about how the original um, Spencer mentioned in the in the original Resident Evil still confuses us oh. uh, from time to time. Completely. This one is uh, is way worse with all its extra areas and all yeah. its extra puzzles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get turned around. Uh, well, I guess one thing that again we. Uh, we didn't mention as a quality of life improvement that came to this game probably from subsequent games is that when you go into the map you can see which where you are on the map Mm -hmm. and which way you're facing which if you go back to the original resident evil it just showed you which room you're in so at least you have that now but yeah i still get lost all the time and turned around and go 
go off on wild goose chases. I think, oh, this was that room. I need to go back to that room where that happened. And that was near there. And then 20 minutes later, I'm in the wrong side of the wrong wing of the mansion, completely lost and uh, and feeling annoyed. But um, I assume that was just me. But it sounds like, no, uh, everyone's a bit silly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> costumes, because it's traditional. Uh, military gear can be unlocked. There's a Resident Evil 3 outfit, which with her... Uh, very um, practical combat gear of um, crop top and <laughs> micro skirt or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> uh, you can also unlock the Code Veronica costume for Chris, which is cool, I think. Uh, you can speed run this game. Uh, I watched some of somebody doing this. Apparently the optimal way to complete this game as fast as you can is the Japanese PS3 version. Runs the very fastest of all the versions. It's with Jill, it's on very easy, and it's with the rocket launcher, unsurprisingly. <laughs> so it's kind of, a, I mean, I'm sure there are times, separate times for proper speed runs where you're actually not doing it the easiest way. But this way, if you want to see like everything in the game, or, you know, almost everything in the game from start to finish, you can see it all in one hour and 24 minutes if you really know what you're doing. So probably fire about three shots of, <laughs> of your rocket launcher in traditional fashion. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sean S. Thomas from the forum says, it's funny how your mind plays tricks on you. How places you recall being huge as a kid turn out to be tiny or albums you loved as a teenager often turn out to be a bit rubbish years later. This isn't something video games play with very often, with repeated playthroughs usually yielding less challenge and faster times. But imagine if your memory was slightly off, if details you vividly remember are twisted and slightly disconcerting. This is why I love the remake of Resident Evil so much. It toys with your recollection. It makes you revisit legendary moments in video game history, but forces you to question their unravelling. The opening minutes were only subtly different, but something felt different straight away. Was that there before? Is this the door I went through all those years ago? I spent those initial minutes feeling like my memory was clouded. Then I got to the corridor with the dog. I hated that dog in the original Resident Evil. It made me jump out of my skin as a teenager, but after a few playthroughs I'd overcome that fear and it was merely a scripted moment I was ready for. So I went into that better looking, more atmospheric corridor that oozed atmosphere and life a bit cockily. Gun ready. It's just a few more steps here. Crash! And there I was, panicking, searching for the right button, running into a wall, because that dog had jumped out of a different window to the one I remember and scared the life out of me. The game continues to play on and alter that fear. Where you first leave the mansion and know which frog-like monster is due a visit, zombies reappearing with crimson heads where normally there'd be empty corridors. When you enter the science lab and see water on the floor. But the scene that'll always stay with me is the garden shed. Walking up that path seemed a terrible idea the moment I started doing so, because it was new. I asked myself, this wasn't in the original, was it? And then I caught sight of that terrifying psychopath walking towards my location out of the window. This moment would have been scary for someone playing a Resident Evil game for the first time. For someone with prior knowledge and experiencing an event that throws you so severely, it's far more memorable and arguably terrifying. That's why this game is my favourite of the Resident Evil series. To remake a game so lovingly and beautifully is one thing, and it still does look insanely impressive for a game of this era. But to use that return visit as a twisted opportunity to toy with your memories in the way this title does elevates this game to a unique gaming experiment and an all-time great. Yeah. Interesting that he said that the, the dog jumped out of a different window instead mm. of not jumping through a window at all. 
Mm. I wonder if that's Sean's uh, recollections uh, <laughs> uh, being twisted and contorted like uh, like it was uh, talking about. I thought on my recent play, no jogs, no jogs, no dogs jump through any windows. So yeah. I wonder I if that's dog, uh, dog jumps through a different window. I got no dogs. So <laughs> I, I got, wonder if I got a I got a dog only after a couple of uh, walks through that corridor. Don't forget. Uh, yeah, I think maybe there's a certain amount of um, maybe there's a certain amount of uh, random randomness, or uh, but I think also it's it's difficulty dependent, character and difficulty dependent as to what happens in these mm. in certain situations. It's also entirely possible to bypass that corridor that the dogs are in. Mm. So I think it's actually the second time you come through there, mm. um, where you expect it through the first set of windows, the first way through it. I think it actually comes through the second set of windows, and I think it only does that on your second time through. I swear, um, I swear, I went through there like five or six times in this recent playthrough with Jill on on easy or whatever and it, and it just doesn't happen I think it's just on that lowest setting or lower or second lowest setting whichever it was I, I just don't think it happens um, I did it. that's even better design <laughs> I did it uh, with Chris on heart and uh, there was just uh, that bang against the window like yeah uh, I had that yeah like our Sean des- described, yeah, uh, it is possible. And, I've completely and then, blanked like it, some 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 glass cracking, yeah, and then nothing happened afterwards. Yes, yeah. and then there's a later uh, area which is quite new, where you you actually can hear and see a zombie tapping on a pane. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, and that, and that happens for ages and ages. And then one time you come back after a particular sequence of events, and and they burst through. Uh, and there are rooms, yeah, there are rooms where you'd completely cleared them out, and then not only hunters are there are in that sequence of the game but they will actually yeah they will burst out of doors behind you and stuff like that which is yeah uh, when you were playing this for the first time uh it was like you know how is they they're breaking the rules here they're, they're yeah. <laughs> breaking the fourth door um K-Sub-0-1000 says, In the end, even though I may ever so slightly prefer the impeccable pacing and sense of progression of Resident Evil 2, I also believe that when observed under a more analytical lens, this game stands as the most accomplished iteration of the classic Resident Evil formula, and therefore one of the greatest achievements of the medium and Mikami's purest statement of intent before he moved on to more popular pastures. I also think that this game is one of the very few remakes that are of such a high quality as to render the original version borderline obsolete. High praise indeed. Mm-hmm. Now we have three word reviews. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already, at Kana Rince, as you imagine. The Tiege, Spencer Mansion Renovated. Samantha Smith says, so few toilets. Super Thundercast, <laughs> Nitro goes boom. Macarius D., Easy Mode Chris. Virtual Video Game Photography. Crimson Head Zombie. Charlotte Cuts. Mmm, itchy. Tasty. That's still in there. Marty Gibson says, impressive reimagining. Andrew Brown. Reunited. Feels good. And last, Camille Rousseau says, quintessential survival horror. Thanks, one and all. Yeah, oh, I'm finding it hard to decide on an order for these. Uh, let's go alphabetical again. Uh, summarize your feelings of the Resident Evil remake. Would you recommend people play it today? And maybe on which format as well? Carl? Yeah, so this is one that, you know, I think I've been excited to talk about for a while. And when we were doing all the games, I thought it would be fascinating to talk about the 96 release and then the 2002 release. And 
how they were both relatively recent in my mind, um, especially this one, which I'd actually played a year prior before knowing that we were going to cover it. And I think last year when I went through this, I actually surprised myself by how much I enjoy this game. Now, I knew I liked it, but I knew I liked it in 2002. And then I played it when it first came out, like launch day uh, digitally on Xbox Live and enjoyed it, but was busy playing lots of other games at the time and never returned. And then just the mood hit me and I put it on and I played nothing else for that week. And I didn't expect it to feel as fresh or fun to play it didn't really feel as archaic as I was kind of expecting because mm. sometimes that can be the case that can feel a little bit rough um, in fact to me I preferred it more in 2017 than I did in 2002 mm. um, and that was a little bit of a shocker for me because there were so many moments that maybe I didn't appreciate. I mentioned earlier there were moments that I've forgotten about. And it allowed me to look at it in a whole new light. And I just think that despite the fact that we've had games like Dead Space, which have, you know, revitalized the way that games can control, and we've had tight shooting games um, like Max Payne 3 and... Uh, None of that seems to actually matter because the direction and purpose of fixed camera angles and strategically placed enemies and the tank controls just are as close to perfect as they could be for the tone that this game sets out. I think, I genuinely believe that Resident Evil 2002 is a modern masterpiece of gaming that I actually prefer now than I did when it first came out. And I don't say that lightly as someone who's played a lot of games in this genre, that this stands right up there. I mean, I I could argue this to be the best of the Resident Evil series, and that includes Resident Evil 4, and that is no small praise from me because Resident Evil 4 is sensational and this absolutely stands alongside it from the uh, refreshment of items and enemies to the art direction and visual appeal of certain areas to moments where it slows the tempo down and makes you second guess yourself. I mean, the moment you take the shark out and the one item you've got to collect is next to its mouth and you're walking towards it is one of the longest five seconds in gaming because you are just waiting for it to snap or flinch or something. And it just... There's just nothing. It plays it really calm. It doesn't cheapen itself by going all out on that one gamble that one cheap scare it picks the moments very carefully and i think that that's a very difficult thing to do when you are in a pandora's box of potential scares and puzzles and riddles and stuff to actually pick cotton pick a few very specific moments is just the finest craftsmanship that you can actually have in this genre um, for me, it's just absolutely sensational. And given that this goes on sale constantly across PS4 and Xbox One, it's worth it at twice the price, let alone a fraction of that price. Everyone who's remotely interested in survival horror should be picking this up and trying it. Yeah, I also very much still enjoy this game. It holds up 
as Carl says, kind of better than even I think many would expect it to, both in terms of gameplay and audiovisual side. Uh, it's still very easy on the eye, although, you know, some of the luster may have just dimmed ever so slightly uh, in terms of both yeah, visual fidelity and um, some of the, the gameplay elements like the door transitions and things like that. Um, your mileage may vary on on that kind of thing. But absolutely, if if you've ever enjoyed a uh, a sort of classic post Alone in the Dark, post Resident Evil style survival horror game, I I don't think there's you know a, a place you could start that would kind of tell you everything you need to know about this genre. Um, while also, obviously, what we've done recently is is going through some of the the highs and lows, and it's been a lot of fun. Not knocking it at all. Um, playing Resident Evil Two again was was excellent fun, um, but uh, there are certain little tweaks and and yeah, quality of life improvements that, are, that Capcom brought to this one all those years ago now, sixteen years ago, in this one that that still uh, feel very helpful to the player and um accommodating today but yeah the the atmosphere still drips the setting is still awesome and amazing even if the the cutscenes and acting are still cheesy as all heck um there's a whole extra bit in this with with this lisa trevor character which takes things to a yeah slightly grimmer darker place but also uh still in that quite uh stimulating horror sort of way um yeah and as Carl says, you can get it on current gen platforms, including PC. I guess it probably doesn't take that much of a monster PC to run it either. So uh, that option is there. But you can obviously soup it up as well if you want to play it in a higher frame rate as well, if that kind of thing matters. Um, but yeah, get hold of it on whatever your platform of choice is. Or if you have one of the legacy platforms, play it on there too, for sure. Um, I would probably say play this before you play any other Resident Evil game. Mikhail. Yeah, well said. Um, I will. Uh, I definitely concur. Uh, in two thousand two, I was completely blown away by the standards uh, that this remake of one of my formative games of the nineteen nineties had set. Uh, and if we say formative game of the nineteen nineties, we're talking games like Super Mario World, Link to the Past, Street Fighter Two, and the original Doom, and maybe its follow up as well. Yeah. Uh, and and the standard that this game had set for remakes made me very um, eager to see what was going to happen in the future, if other developers would take its lead and do similar things to classics. But, you know, it never has been matched quite in the same way since, I feel. Uh, may, uh, there, this year, the, the Shadow of, of, the, of the Colossus uh, remake has... Yeah. Uh, has been a high point as far as remakes go. I agree, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't add. Uh, it, it's mostly in, a, in the audiovisual se- mm-hmm. uh, sense yes. mm-hmm. uh, redone, and and the Resident Evil remake just adds so much more to what was already there. Uh, Carl also said that he felt like uh, the original game was very well respected in his remake and I agree with that mm-hmm. uh, but I also think it has been really been used as a framework and built upon rather than lovingly recrafted um, so yeah here we have then the uh, the Resident Evil remake of 2002 replayed in 2018 I find it maybe the scariest and most oppressive uh 
Resident Evil game ever made. Um, and I mean, yeah, there, you know, the the other games in the series have their their anxieties and their their moments of fright and everything, but this game is just so thick with foreboding atmosphere through and through. Uh, and and just the the audio visuals are so so uh, yeah uh, they they play so much into that um, and now that we've been replaying the old school Resident Evil games up until this point uh, and and replaying them um, I find this game still so incredibly oppressive but also infinitely compelling mm. and it had turned out i started playing uh, just a few days ago and it had a sort of a, a book turn uh turn uh, page turner effect yeah. on me where i just actually wanted to keep on playing even though i didn't have much time you know yeah. uh so it has that real pull of the old school resident evils where you find this new item and you want to you know you want to figure out what to do with it and unlock a new area of the mansion and and keep going so i I have to agree with uh, with Carl in that I think this game is an absolute masterpiece. I might hold it again in much higher regard than I did before. Mm. Um, and I also agree with uh, K-Sub-Zero that this is perhaps the finest hour of the old school Resident Evil games in terms of its intricacies and complexities. Um, and even better, um, I think it's even better than Resident Evil 2 because uh, of the puzzle box nature of it that's kind of missing in resident evil 2 hmm. so yeah you 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 should definitely play this game and uh i mean i i was very about the original i was uh far less uh certain of that because hmm. a lot of that my my fondness uh for that game has to do with the nostalgia yeah. folks. but this game is uh is yeah, I wouldn't say a completely timeless masterpiece, but a ma- masterpiece nonetheless. Nicely put. Sean, do you agree? Nah, game sucks. <laughs> Oops, should have put you last. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, um, I definitely agree. I, I, I just, man, I'm not sure what else to say that you guys haven't already said, but I would just say that this is an incredible achievement in that it's such a bold move for any uh developer or publisher to make to say here's this this classic this thing that has defined a genre and has is a huge factor in defining uh just video games and and the the generation that it came out and and uh, let's just let's try that again let's uh, and but let's change it you know like to mm. to think about coming back to something and changing it like you know you have um like <sighs> I guess like you were saying, Mikhail, with Shadow of Colossus remake, like I'm not that familiar with the original, but from what I understand, it is kind of like a shot for shot, um, beautiful revamp of the original, which is great. Um, but it's so much more impressive to me to come at a remake that not only respects the original, but also changes things up. And that's just, and, and for it to be good too, like for us to play it now in 2018 and still feel compelled to play it, like, you know, the games that have come out this year, it's been another like really great year for games and and I've played a lot of the stuff that came out this year but there there was a time yeah. where I was I was like I'm sitting there playing um God of War 2018 and I'm like man I kind of I kind of want to turn on Resident Evil remake you know <laughs> and or and you know so which isn't a slight against God of War I love that game but it's just like mm. th- that that a game this remake from 2002 
can still compel me this year to to want to keep coming back to it is is really impressive and and then to pick it up on so many different platforms and and to give it all my, my money you know to support this this game is really cool and i i, I cannot wait for uh, resident evil 2 remake we're recording this the week after its reveal its gameplay mm-hmm. reveal and it just looks so good and um I, you know I, I i'm fascinated to see what they do with that but, and the only thing I'll say is this isn't my as much as I'm praising it right now. This is still not mm. my favorite Resident Evil game. It's probably my second favorite now. If I yeah. if I had to yeah same to same. rate it. Um, but man, this is such a good game. And, and yeah, you, as you guys have already said, it's it's such a it's cheap even if you don't get it on a sale. It's what twenty bucks now. Like just it, oh, the, that? for the amount of stuff you're gonna get in this game, it's just it's it's such a good uh, such a good purchase, and I, I I love it. Yeah, eight thumbs up at least. Oh yeah. Uh, so it remains for me Leon to thank Carl, Mikhail and Sean as well as our correspondents and all of you for listening and if you've enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe rate and review on platforms that allow you to do that kind of thing it really helps us best of all keep the lights on with patreon.com slash canerince and you'll get every show a week earlier than those who don't give us a dollar a month or more and uh, that exclusive monthly mini cast Next time, in issue 325, we pogo back to the indie well and dig in for some Shovel Knight shenanigans. 